Welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is to empower, inspire, and mentor people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant in their fitness. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue. Join with me as my co-host, Annabelle Rios. Okay, we are going live in three, two, one. Welcome, guys, to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Today is a very special day. We have a, a guest, someone that I guess Kevin and I have been wanting to talk to for a while. We've watched his videos. We've followed his company. Um, who's this guest, Cam? So today we have Grant Brogy. Am I saying that correctly, Grant? Yeah, good enough. Well, I'll, I'll clean it up later. <laughs> okay, thank you. We have Grant Brogy. He's a uh, Marine officer. He's the owner of The Strength Co. He's a starting strength coach and a member of the Starting Strength Seminar staff. But uh, Grant, for those of our listeners who don't know you, do you mind just giving like a quick background on yourself? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, Grant Brogy is how I say it on YouTube. Okay. Although my dad has always said Grant Brogy. Uh, legend Legend has it that uh, my grandfather, the Italians were Brogy. The Irish people weren't intelligent enough to say it correctly. So they just changed it to a hard G. I don't know if that's true, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's an accurate description. Yeah, I think leading with Marine officer, that's kind of what got me into my career field um, of now, you know, being a strength coach. Uh, the original deal was was training Marines and trying to get Marines stronger. And um, so that's kind of how I found first CrossFit, then starting strength, and then eventually got my starting strength certification and uh, opened a gym. And now um, I like to kind of think we're like a one-stop shop for for strength if you're coming for equipment we can get you equipment if you're coming for coaching advice we can get you coaching advice if you're just coming from free information on programming or you know injury rehab you know if, you, if you're trying to get stronger uh one-stop shop that's legit no definitely and, and i guess you mentioned a little bit of the marines is that when you first got into fitness or were you already active before starting the the marines yeah i would say i was already active um for sure. I, I played rugby in college and I kind of got into CrossFit right when it came out. Um, and then when I got into the Marines, I think I got my first platoon and I realized that there was a specific um, characteristic that they lacked and that was strength. So they may be fit, they may be able to run three miles in under 20 minutes, maybe able to do a bunch of chin-ups or push-ups or whatever, but they didn't have a lot of physical strength. And so that's what kind of got me more to the, the strength coaching side of things specifically. Is a, uh, is CrossFit big in the Marines? It was, it was, it's not as big as it was, but just kind of like, I mean, I think in 2007 is when I started like following the main site on CrossFit. And then when I went to the Marine Corps, it was like this, Hey, do you do, do you, have you heard of CrossFit? And, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the Marines thought it was cool because it's, it's like a hybrid of the two worlds and it kind of made sense. And then I'd say over the years, I mean, there's definitely people that still do it, but it's not as, it's not as much of a thing as it was. Gotcha. Did you, uh, did you kind of enjoy that when you did it or are you kind of looking for something different while like in the Marines and all that stuff? Well, I mean, I think CrossFit circa 2010 was a lot different than CrossFit 2023, right? Uh, that's, when that's I, true. I, I joined a CrossFit gym in 08 in Virginia, Potomac CrossFit. It was like the first one on the East Coast. And I always tell people, you went in and it would be like, okay, work up to a heavy set of five in your back squat. And then, you know, deadlift three sets of five at 80%. Okay, strength work is done. Now run around the building four times and do 10, 10 pushups in between each set. Like it was all like very like reasonable and logical. Yeah. And then by the time in 2010, I actually went with a team to compete out at the games. And I remember there was like a handstand walk and I was just, I was just worthless to the team because I'm like, <laughs> uh, I walk up my feet, not of my hands. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I ever was like, I'm over CrossFit. It was just, it, I just kind of like naturally went yeah. away from it. And I, I found Ripito and Starting Strength through CrossFit in those early years. He wrote for the journal. And Did so, you know? okay. I, yeah, yeah. So if you go back, there's a lot of old school argument, uh, articles, a lot of which ended up in the book. Um, so that's, yeah, that's how I first found that. Well, that's interesting. That, one, yeah, one of our questions is like, how do you get into Starting Strength if you kind like, of started with- How do you with, find it? So I guess it was Ripito in the CrossFit. CrossFit. Yeah. Because CrossFit yeah, isn't well, useless after all. That's right. CrossFit's good for something. Uh, I actually found Windler and Strong Lifts first 
Okay. And then I was on the strong lifts blog and I was like, I've read this low bar squat thing before. Mm. And then I went, I was like, Oh, Ripitel. I used to read his articles. This is, you know, I started reading in 08. This is maybe 2011. I was like, Oh, he has a book now. And I bought the book and yeah, that's how I found it. So this is maybe off, off topic here, but, uh, so I, I guess, were you like high bar squatting before? And then once finding that started to transition more into low bar. Uh, you know, I, to be quite honest with you, I don't know what I was doing before because uh, <laughs> I didn't like most people. I was ignorant. I didn't know there yeah. was a high bar squat. I didn't know there was low bar squat. Um, you probably seen what deadlifted did in you. Yeah, I probably seen what deadlifted. I probably trap bar deadlifted. <laughs> um, no, I definitely didn't do that. But uh, yeah, I would. It for me, it wasn't like a. Hey, I was squatting high bar. Now I should squat low bar because of these things. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, let me actually learn how to do these movements. And I mean, for me, again, if you're just a general strength trainee, well, why would you not pick a way that allows you to move the most weight? doesn't mean that a high bar is bad by any means, right. but mm-hmm. if this one uses more muscle mass, I'm going to do that one. No, that makes sense. Um, So kind of transitioning kind of into your current, you know, training philosophy, what would you say you kind of fall under? It's like to give the viewers, um, you know, almost your, your philosophy, so to speak on, on training in general. Yeah. So I'd say the most important thing about training is that you actually have to do it. (laughs) Um, no, but I mean, (laughs) as, as, as coaching people for a long time, I think the, the biggest thing that I found is most people will not do this consistently. And, um, I think, you know, a program like Ripito's starting strength, there's nothing better. If you're just getting started, you are weak. And even if you're naturally stronger than other people, if you've never gone applied to stress, recovered from said stress, adapt, ad- adapted to that stress, and then applied a greater stress and done that over some length of time, but we could argue about how long you could do that, then that is the best bang for your buck in the gym. Cause if you get stronger, all in aspects of physical fitness, improve. So a, a program like starting strength to work out, squat, press, deadlift, squat, bench, deadlift, add five pounds, do that. The problem is, is as you do that, it gets heavy and it gets hard. And it turns out that people don't like to do things that are hard. And mm-hmm. so what just happens is they either start to just, they stop going to the gym or they start choosing something else and they never continue to see the, you know, the growth that happens. And so I, to answer your question, what is my training philosophy now? It is you should have a basis of strength that I think if you if you are weak, there's no better program than the one I just talked about. Sorry, camera cut off for a second there. Um, and then, and then on top of that, though, you need to have some conditioning and a healthy body weight. Uh, you know, I think strength isn't the only thing. I think it's the first thing to prioritize. Mm-hmm. But if someone has a 450 pound deadlift and they're I don't know hundred pounds overweight. Yeah. Should I get them to a 500 pound deadlift or should I keep them at 450 or over 400 and help them with weight loss? Right. So yeah. I do think there, it needs to be a holistic approach, but I think most people want to get into the weeds rather than just doing the simple thing yeah. that needs to be done. And that's uh, more fun to talk about. It's more fun to, you know, whatever. Do you say lift heavy compound lift? And as far as cardio, is there, preferred type of cardio that you recommend for your clients? Yeah. So in general, if I have like a real consistent person, I'll tell them lift three days a week. Then I want one hit session, a high intensity interval training could be mm-hmm. on a separate day or it could be after a training session. I like things like farmer's carries, sled pushes, assault bikes, rowers, whatever, you know, five to six rounds of, a, you know, maybe a minute of very hard breathing with some type of rest. There's a ton of variables there. Uh, and then, and then if the person has time for a fifth session, a longer, slow distance, um, elevated heart rate, maybe 45 minutes to an hour. And I always tell people to like, make that normal or make that a part of their life. Like my wife and I, once a week, we go and hike somewhere. It might be a trail right outside our house. We might drive somewhere, but I'm not like on the Stairmaster at the gym <laughs> slugging away. Right. Like I go and try and do something that's enjoyable, but also, I, I don't know. That might be a good look on you, Grant. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> okay, so what I'm what I'm hearing is prioritize prioritize strength, but don't make it the only thing. Be consistent, and if there is an issue with body weight, 
If you're strong, then work on that. Work on getting, cutting some of that weight down. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, I think the problem with a, such a great program where you're adding weight to the bar is people fall in love with the bar, uh, the yeah. weight on the bar, right? They fall in love with, I want to squat more. And so that's a job of a coach, as you guys know, and it's a job of keeping people consistent, right? Because I've seen it time and time again. I have a guy coming to the gym. I build a deadlift up to 400 pounds. He quits the gym. I said, what are you quitting the gym for? He goes, oh, my wife's been calling me fat for three months, but I wanted to down the 405, so I just told her to hang on. What are you going to do now? Oh, I'm going to go do spin class in Pilates. It's time to lose weight. I'm like, wait, what? Like, like, no. You know? yeah, so now you got now you got to start to manage those things a little bit earlier on. Um, and, you know, try to try to get people, I would say 80% of what, what they need, 20% of what they want. Um, mm. No, it, it is true. You fall in love with the number on the bar going up and up. And then you, you're saying, you, you keep saying, I'm going to cut, but then you never cut. You keep bulking. <laughs> exactly. exactly. The, the constant bulking season. Yeah. Real, real yeah. thing. Dirt, it dirty is. bulk. 365. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So so I guess with nutrition, what's your overall nutrition philosophy as a whole? And also, how many gallons of milk do you drink per week? So I drink 12, <laughs> 12, 12 gallons of whole milk a week. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think, I mean, nutrition's, it's tough because, I mean, it's, it's like the gym, right? There's mm. so many different avenues you could yeah. go. Uh, but if I... I, I I usually, when I coach people with nutrition, the first thing I tell them is, hey, habit one is just walking to the gym three days a week. They're like, no, I asked you about nutrition. I'm like, I know. Like, (laughs) let's just get you coming to the gym three days a week. Okay, boom, we check that habit. Now let's start talking about what you're eating. I usually tell men and women to like first just eat more protein than they currently are. Mm -hmm. And people don't like to track, people don't like to weigh, people don't like to measure. So I'll just say, hey, I want you to add in one protein shake on top of what you're doing, right? And then get that protein intake up. Um, And then it's like small wins when you're coaching people. You know, you start to just ask people about their day and you realize like, wow, this guy drinks a Caravelle Macchiato three mornings a week from Starbucks, Uh, which is is great because that's such an easy fix. It's like, hey man, do everything you're doing in life. You don't have to weigh, you don't have to measure, you don't have to do anything. Stop drinking that thing. Yeah. What do you mean stop drinking? Just go drink black coffee. And like that, I mean, that's, you know, maybe 12, 1500 calories he's saving over the course of seven days. But uh, to succinctly answer your question on nutrition, I would say, you know, high protein diet. Uh, I think red meat is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's got plenty of creatine in it. You can eat fish, you can eat chicken. And then like colorful foods, right? Veggies, single processed, you know, not a bunch of, not stuff that comes in plastic bags and gets opened up, right? Um, Vegetables, and then just like a simple, simple carbohydrate. So Protein's high. I like to keep fat relatively low because you're going to get fat within your protein. So I don't Mm -hmm. go, Mm -hmm. I don't recommend people chase avocados and almonds. Sorry, Californians, but like (laughs) I need proteins and carbohydrates to work out. If I'm eating a bunch of ribeyes, my my fat content is probably already going to be kind of high or higher. And then carbs are like your throttle, you know, Hey, did I only get my three weight training sessions in and I didn't do that long, slow distance. I didn't do that hit session. Maybe I need to eat a little bit less, but I try to teach people to tie like, their intake to their output um, and and, and make it more intuitive. So I really like what you're saying here because you're, you're, you're wanting people to be consistent. And then on top of that, you're just starting to tweak things that they're already doing instead of doing like a 180 and say, you're going this way. Well, now you're going all vegan and you know, it's black coffee from here. You're, you're, you're just saying adding in or taking away a little bit at a time once they can prove that they can do it and make it a habit. It's the same philosophy we we use when we talk programming, right? Like strength programming. Like someone gets stuck. It's like, well, I'm not going to change every variable of this pro- program and turn it on its head if the person's been having goals. I'm going to say, hey, where's the issue? Okay, let's change one variable and see what happens. Um, and in the food department, there's usually so many easy wins. It might be the you know sugary drink. It might be sodas. It might be the, the guys drinking a six-pack every night. Um, you know, and so it, you have to find a non-invasive way to talk to people about this and kind of figure out where they are. Um, yeah. And then, you know, just kind of help them from there. I mean, sometimes I've I've had people that, you know, eat Chick-fil-A every day. I'm like, okay, next time you go to Chick-fil-A, get two sandwiches, skip the fries. They're like, well, why would I do that? I'm like, well, you'd increase your protein intake and you decrease like some carbohydrates and probably some fat. And like, so, I mean, sometimes it's little stuff like that. 
Because it's the Lord's chicken. That's right. It's the Lord's chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say like your train or how does your like training and nutrition maybe differ maybe from the mainstream, like maybe things you see on uh, TikTok and uh, YouTube and all that stuff. Are there, are there things that you find that are, that are kind of differ from that? Yeah. So here's how my, my <laughs> thoughts on nutrition differ from the mainstream. When you see the girl on Instagram holding the giant piece of pizza and like the cheese is like dripping into her mouth and she says like cheat day and yeah. she weighs 85 pounds. She didn't eat that. She's lying to you. Right? <laughs> when you look at a guy and he's 55 and he has a six pack and he's jacked and you're like, Oh, what kind of diet plan do you follow? He goes, oh, I don't really watch what I eat. I just, you know, I just, you know, once in a while I've diet sodas and you're like, that's not true. Like you're totally throwing cheese off of your burger, not eating the bun. Like I know how this works. Um, no, I, I say some of that, uh, kidding, but I think a lot of stuff on the internet is, it's just not factual, right? People want to show, mm-hmm. um, a lifestyle that that's a lot of times not possible. Um, but I think I probably like meat right more than the modern society does. I mean, I think we used to be there, but now the rise of veganism and, you know, other, um, diets, less people are doing that. I don't like, I don't like things that make you end I don't like following diets that end up making you follow the diet. So for example, keto, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'd make the argument mm-hmm. that you would perform better if you had some carbohydrates. I do. I am a proponent of fasting. Maybe we want to talk about that. There's nothing wrong with ketosis. What I don't like is you have a keto guy and all of a sudden he's re- he's eating like keto bars, right? And it's uh, like a highly processed to fit, to fit the deal, yeah. right? Same, same with paleo. I did paleo for a long time. Again, none of these things are bad, but if they, I want to eat real food, right? From animals or from the ground. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to eat a bunch of highly processed stuff. Um, so I don't care which diet you follow. I want you to, you know, follow something. I, I don't even like to say diet because yeah. when I think diet, you know, you think temporary, like, oh, I'm going on a diet. Um, right. It's more like liver king, whole feast, you know? <laughs> You strike me as a carnivore, Grant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. There's a lot of things in the grocery store that'll have, you know, vegan Oreos or GMO friendly or paleo. And it's like, but this is like, you know, three times through process. Like, come on. <laughs> right, right. Wouldn't you just be better off eating a little bit of carbohydrates? <laughs> That's true. Okay, so you touched on fasting. And I thought this is, um, I've, I've read some of your blogs when you, when you've gone through some long fast, um, do you mind kind of telling us about that experience and, um, you know, maybe what you recommend maybe for, for some of your trainees and lifters and everything? Yeah. So I think, I think fasting is a really good, um, discipline and not to sound like the fitness gurus that talk motivation and discipline. (laughs) Right. But I do think it's a good way to keep your relationship with food um in in check and then it's really good i find to teach folks that are trying to learn that intuitive eating how much output versus how much input because when you go into a fast you know day one's miserable uh i mean it's fine and you know then lunchtime comes your stomach's growling you're irritable and the worst is like day one going to bed because you like it's so different than what you usually do you usually are fed when you go to bed. Now you're not. So you sleep like crap. You wake up day two though. And you're like, this is amazing. Do I even need food? Is food even <laughs> something that is required? Um, and then, and then that dips throughout the day. And then the longest I've done is a five day. Um, Jeez. But I think, oh, wow. yeah, but I think it, it, it's a good way for people to kind of like resets, you know, what they think they need to eat. Cause it is kind of amazing you know, here we are, most of us eating three meals a day, like just like clockwork, like li- actually literally like clockwork because mm-hmm. it's morning. So here's my muffin and my whatever. Um, and so when you separate that and all of a sudden you don't eat for one day, it's just kind of mind blowing. Like, Hey, maybe I was irritable. Maybe I was mean to an employee or whatever. Kidding. Uh, but <laughs> I just went 36 hours and I didn't eat anything besides water. Um, so yeah, I, when I tell people to fast or not tell them, but if I've coached them to a fast, I usually start with them like, Hey, skip breakfast for like four days in a row. 
right? Just so they start to like, I want something, oh, I don't get that thing. And mm-hmm. then like maybe day five, don't eat just like that whole day. And like, I don't recommend that any beginner, anyone starts off on the fast. Again, if you're weak and need to get stronger, you probably right. need to be eating right now. So it's it's a specific person that I think it's a, it's a good fit for. And how do you coach someone who maybe you looked at them, you said, okay, they can do a fast depending on where they're at. Do they lift still? Do they back off some during that week or day? How do you yeah, coach yeah. them for that? So I like them to lift during the fast. Um, I like to say uh, when you fasted, you can handle a lot of intensity, but you can't handle much volume, right? Mm. So intensity, weight on the bar relative to my one rep max, volume, total tonnage. So like uh, intensity might be a set of three, right? That's very heavy relative to my one rep max versus a set of five by five that's 80% of my one rep max. Um, So you can go in and do stuff. So I generally try to keep the weight of the bar very high but the workouts are very short and there's not a ton of volume because so if I go and squat 500 pounds, right. For a single versus yesterday where I squat 385, five by five, I can squat 500 pounds for a single and not think about food the rest of the day. I squat 385 by five by five. And I'm like cupcakes, pizza, like bagels, give me all the food I'm starving. And so um, I think you can handle intensity, but not a ton of volume. No, that, that, that makes sense. Um, what would you say are some maybe like common beginner mistakes? I know you've already alluded to just the consistency, people not wanting to show up, but what are some other maybe mistakes that you see uh, some of your clients make? Yeah. Um, not to beat the dead horse, but sometimes you have to, but consistency is the number one thing, Mm -hmm. right? Is they, and and the reason I'll, I'll, I'll go into the other thing is they're consistent. Let's say they are consistent. And then they go on vacation, they have a work trip, something happens and it's been two weeks since they've come back to the gym, they'll make the mistake of just trying to do the same weight that they did last time and not managing their expectations of, hey, I haven't been to the gym, um, you know, for two weeks. So I think consistency feeds into a lot of stuff. But in terms of issues in the gym, so, okay, for especially for like a linear progression, someone's getting stronger, they're adding five pounds every time they're making progress. The press stalls, right? Boom, they're going, they hit 115 pounds, they get 443, they retry it, they get 422. So what do they do? Everyone for some reason goes, well, time to reset. And they take 20% off their press, they take from 115 back down to 85. And then when two and a half pound increments, they charge right back up. And what happens? They have the same wall they hit last time. They get stuck <laughs> at the same exact spot. Yeah. And they have and they're flabbergasted. I don't understand. I'm like, well, why did you think going down was gonna do it? And so not understanding that like I have to balance this stress and this recovery. And if something is stuck, one of two things is happening. It's either undertrained or it's overtrained. For the press and the bench press, usually for beginners. That three sets of five is a stimulus enough for a little while, and then they get stuck because it's undertrained. So they need to train it more. So the answer might be, hey, I actually am going to stay the same way, but I'm going to go for four sets of five or five sets of five, or I'm going to add in a pressing day on day five or six. For the squat and the deadlift, you have the ability to add weight each time, three times a week until all of a sudden you're strong. Now you're deadlifting 350 pounds. So if you deadlift 350 for five on Monday, 355 for five on Wednesday and 360 for five on Friday. Well, that's a whole heck of a lot of stress than you're capable of. And now your deadlift gets stuck because it's overtrained. So it's understanding this, the stress and recovery. Um, and this is where, you know, if you're a, a nerd like us, you watch all the podcasts and read all the blogs and you figure out, you figure out how to do it. But for most people, I mean, this is why a boutique gym business exists. Cause it's like, Hey, if you, if you just show up, like we'll fig, you know, we'll figure all that part out for you. So once you have somebody who's completed the linear progression, what do you, what do you change? What variables are you looking to 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 manipulate? Yeah, so I just increase by one gallon of milk. So if they're on GoMad, we just add a second one now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if if so, if they've gotten through NLP and people finish at different at different spots, I generally then like to ask the person what their goal is, right? Do mm. they want to get leaner? Do they want to run a 5k? 
do they want to, you know, who, who knows? Um, so I, at that point, at first I would tell them like, Hey, your goal doesn't really matter. Like if you get, take your squat from 135 to 300, you're going to be better off no matter what your goal is. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so make getting stronger your goal, but now my squats 300. So what's better for me to squat 400 or to now revisit those things I wanted to do. But in terms of programming for most people, um, I put them on two lifts a day, three days a week. And what I have found is that for intense intermediate that's training really hard, those workouts can end up taking like two hours. Mm-hmm. And if, if an e-ball is training two hours, three days a week, when it's nighttime, and he's been working all day and it's time to go to the gym and it's 7 p.m. He's like, yeah, yeah I'm being there till nine. Then I'm going to have to eat dinner. Then I'm going to have to wind down. So you start skipping. So I'd say, hey, I, I want to keep these workouts 60 to 75 minutes. And so for most of my intermediates, I have them on two lifts a day, three days a week, uh, maybe with like another accessory uh, movement at the end, but two major compound lifts is what I mean. What are some of your favorite accessory exercises? Um, we know it's not the curls. Trap bar deadlift. Um, <laughs> I like, so for lower body stuff, for like for the deadlift, I like um, I like straight leg deadlifts. I like Romanian deadlifts, right? I like stuff that still makes you set your back really hard. Um, and trains the posterior chain, but because the movement is lighter, because there's less muscle mass, it's not quite as taxing. Uh, I'm a big fan of curls. I don't know that I have giant arms, um, but I just think, again, most people would benefit probably from getting some chin-ups. And I know chin-ups can be frustrating for people. Maybe they can't do them. Um, but, you know, if you're getting your deadlift up and you're maintaining a healthy body weight, you can probably get one chin. If you can get one chin, we can now progress that. Um, but so curls are fine. Um, yeah, squats, I don't change it up that much. Um, I mean, front squats are fine, but uh, most people struggle with the squats. So I'd rather them just get the practice of doing the back squat. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me personally, I want it as simple as possible. I mean, I don't do like, I want to spend as few minutes in the gym as I can. Um, so, um, Hey, let me hit these big movements and then maybe hit one on the way out. I mean, we have a dumbbell rack at our gym here now. And so I'll often, you know, maybe squat and then bench and then I'll grab the 45s and I'll do 10 and I'll grab the forties. Right. And I'll work my way down and boom, I'll walk out the door. Um, so yeah. But this is also a good, uh, example of you put in the years of work lifting and being consistent where you can do a little bit, maybe quote like less but still reap the benefits because you've already put and laid the foundation and built all the strength. And now you can, if you want to just do one lift or the two lifts or whatever, you, you can afford to do that, but you got to get to, people have to get to that level first. That, but as No, I was just going to say that is an absolutely great point that people miss is like, sometimes my lifters will ask me now, so you just go and do one lift a day. I'm like, well, yeah, for 12 years, I've been slugging it out against the barbell and I've gotten strong so I can go in and do three, four sets of five uh, on the squat and leave. And it was so heavy that a whole lot of stuff happened because I've gotten strong. So it's almost like you need to do all this work to get up here. And then if you want to keep going up, you need to do even more work. But if you Mm. just want to stay there, you can actually like kind of dial it back a little bit, uh, the amount of stuff that has to happen. Um, But yeah, no, that's a great point. We've alluded on our podcast, obviously about starting strength and stuff like that. But just in case we've been talking about things like linear progression, you've met, you mentioned stress, recovery, adaptation. Uh, you've, you've kind of mentioned like dropping down after that. Do you mind just telling everybody real quickly what starting strength is, uh, and what you coach beginners on like, uh, uh, like the days and the exercises and everything. Yeah. So it's, it's just two workouts called workout A and workout B workout a squat, three sets of five repetitions, press three reps of five repetitions or three sets of five repetitions and deadlift one set of five. Uh, and then workout B would be done 48 to 72 hours later. And it would be the squat three sets of five and the deadlift one set of five. But instead of pressing, we would bench press. So we'd bench three sets of five. So you have a and B and ideally you lift three days a week. So if you lift on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then you would go a B a, the next week you would go B, A, B. You're just alternating those workouts. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, and then you're just adding weight. So at the beginning you're adding five pounds and then very quickly on your press and your bench, you'll probably have to make a smaller jump to maybe two and a half pounds. Uh, males can run that for a long time. Women's after, you know, three, four weeks if they're training hard, might need to switch their sets of five to sets of three. They're not as neural, neural muscular efficient. And so they're not able to get a set of five, but you switch them to threes and they make progress for a long time. Um, but yeah, it's just the, the big movements three times a week, adding weight. And then um, the book calls for power cleans. Once that deadlift, you know, gets so heavy that you can't train it every time. I would say 50% of maybe 30% of people that follow the program ever do the power cleans, but that's okay. <laughs> they sound great in theory. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm about, I'm about a power clean, like 225. And then you're like, what's this form? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That. And then it's like, you got a 55 year old guy coming in. He's complaining about shoulder pain the whole time. You have to like press him in with a forklift to get him into the low bar <laughs> position. And that's like the last thing he wants to hear at the end of the workout is, and now it's time to learn the power clean. He's like, screw that. <laughs> yeah. I definitely skipped the power clean, but I do want to say something about the book for everyone. It, it works and you can run that for a very, very long time. I know a lot of the programs you see online, are very complicated they have like five or six different workouts and then you're exhausted and then you may not see progress but this one it may seem simple but it works yeah i mean we had a previous episode on how i put on 20 pounds pretty much doing the starting strength method with some you know variations and stuff but it does work uh, and it does take consistency and as grant said the weight gets heavy and yep. it's it when you're wanting to work out after work and you're like, I've got a hour and a half workout. And one of them, one of the movements is squat, which squat. is something, <laughs> something is mentally taxing about knowing the weight is on you versus like, you know, pressing over your head or deadlift. You can drop. I don't know. There's something mental about the squat. Yeah. Maybe it's the fact that like there's 500 pounds. It's about to literally <laughs> just disintegrate your body, but yeah, no, it's the deadlift. You can always just let go. And the squat, the second you unlock your knees, you're in for, you know, some type of ride. It's like, um, have fun. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that's what's fun about this. If people are consistent, though, there's always like an aha moment. So they're coming into the gym. You're adding five pounds to their squat. You're adding five pounds to their squat. You're adding five pounds to their squat. And then one day they say, man, I can't believe I got that. There's no way I'm going up next time, right? And you say, no, you're going to go up next time anyway. Well, let's talk about it then. They come into the gym. So remember I did 240 last time. I always call it negotiations. Gym yeah. members always want to make negotiations with these. So, and they tell you all the reasons that they can't do it. I'm like, put 245 on the bar. What do you think I was going to tell you? And they do it. And then they're like, oh my goodness. There's, you don't understand, Grant. I've been thinking about the squat since I walked out of the gym 48 hours ago. I was like, no, I do understand. I've been there. And that's why this is so effective. You have to put five more pounds on the bar. Do it anyway. That's right. It is funny. People negotiate even like in physical therapy, I'll be like, Hey, go warm up on the bike for 10 minutes and we'll get started. Like, what about seven? I'm like, just, just do the 10 minutes. It's not that hard. <laughs> exactly. This we'll make it eight. This is not a <laughs> yeah. negotiation. Yeah. Eight thirty, deal. Okay. Okay. So I want to talk also about your company, the strength co. Um, so it, give us some background on that. I know it started as a gym. Uh, I guess like, when did you start your gym? Uh, kind of why did you start your gyms? Yeah. So I got, I was started coaching out of my garage and, you know, for clients for money in 2016, I've been coaching a lot of, um, Marines before that. And I kind of started it on accident. I had a lot of people come through one day. I realized I, one day I realized that 80 people had signed like paper waivers for Brogy barbell in my garage. And I was like, well, how are you, how are you getting some of these clients? Is there just word strength, okay. Starting strength directory is how they would come in and then word of mouth. Um, and again, I didn't have, well, this is a good point. So I'm like, you know what, what if I could train more of these people at once? Hmm. I could charge them less. I could make more. This would be great. Um, so, you know, I started looking into a gym space, finally got the lease signed. It was, you know, we started, I think, with six. There's eight racks in there now. We started with six or seven. But the idea was like, Cam, you squat while you're resting four minutes. I'm going to a knee ball while he's resting for four minutes. I'm going to the next guy. And, you know, I can you know, get a bunch of people done. Anyway, emailed all 80 people. Hey, it's been awesome training with you guys. You've opened the door. I, I'm going to open a gym. It's called the Strength Co. And you can all come for half off for the <laughs> lifetime if you'll join. And I was like, I'm going to have like 40 members tomorrow. 
one person signed up. Oh my gosh. One person signed up. And I was like, what is happening? Oh my gosh. Uh, so that was 2017 and then worked it. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of rabbit holes. We'd go to the, the Yelps, the Google reviews, the calls, the free clinics, the workshops, the, you know, whatever. And uh, it grew really well. And then um, I opened a second location um, in December of 18. So the first one, July of 17, second one, December of 18. And the first year over there, the demographic was better. It was kind of our demo, which is 40 to 65 year old, you know, men mm -hmm. and women of above average incomes, kind of who ends up walking into our gym. And this second one was like right in the middle of that. And we opened and it was dead. Mm. And we did magazines, we did grocery cart, you know, ads, the radio stuff, uh, finally grew that one up. And, uh, I think January of 20, I was looking at the books. I was like, heck yeah, we did it. We got two gyms making money. And then March of 2020, dun, dun, dun. but, uh, and I won't belabor that we've, we've talked about that, but that changed a lot. And in, in to fast forward, the first gym still stands in Costa Mesa, uh, does great. Got a lot of great members there. The second one I, I closed, I fought it for a long time and then just realized like, Hey, this is a numbers game. Um, was, so that, your that, was that your second gym that closed yes. or your first? Gym? Okay. My second mm -hmm. one. Yep. And, um, and then that was the same time that we kind of launched the, the product line. And then we've now since opened a, a gym here in, in South Carolina where I am now. Wait, you're, you're, you're in South Carolina now. Yeah. I moved to South Carolina in March of this year. So oh. yeah. Wild. Guess we wow, should talk about that beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were still in Costa Mesa. I've said that right. Uh, I get, yeah, I get back there a lot, but, um, but yeah, no, my wife and I moved here this year. Where's your, I think you're talking before, but where's your wife from? My wife is from Southern California, from Santa okay. Ana. Uh, but yeah, as I was telling you all, her family's from uh, Guerrero. Took me like five years to learn how to say that. So I'm going to say it like a couple of times. Guerrero. You said it right. You're good. <laughs> yeah, you that's right. That's right. Yeah. And I was like, no judgment. I got you. Yeah. So I guess talk to us a little bit about your your product line. What What do you sell? What do you have? What can people purchase from you? Yeah, so our kind of, I would say, innovative product, as innovative as you can be, literally recreating a wheel um, <laughs> as a cast iron plates. Um, and uh, the biggest thing I wanted to solve there is when I opened those two gyms, I couldn't buy made in USA plates. Um, a lot of people think that certain brands, everything's made in USA just because some of their stuff is, but there wasn't a, a plate out there. So I wanted to see if that was possible. Um, I wanted to see, I didn't like that in my gyms, I'd buy the plates, they'd look good. And like a month in all the paints like chipped off and they look like crap. So yeah. like, how do we fix that? Uh, and then I wanted to be accurate. And so we launched those plates, you know, we'd started designing them in March and I think we launched them in August of 20. And it's been, I mean, I don't take my word for it, but it's, it's the highly, highest reviewed barbell plate on the market. People really love it. Um, and so that was kind of, that's kind of our bread and butter. And then we've done some other stuff. We make bars. Uh, people really like the bars. Uh, we've done, we did squat racks and stuff for a while, but kind of zoomed out and said, Hey, what are we good at? Like, what are, what do we actually beat our competitors and our opinion mm -hmm. on it was, you know, these other options. And we just launched a, just launched some bumper lines. So, uh, you guys oh, need to yeah. start doing your, you guys need to start doing your power clean <laughs> and buy some bumpers. Um, I, we had saw, I think I was his name Coop from garage gym reviews. He loves your stuff. I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. Great. He's, 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 he's definitely a big fan of the plant plates. I think we won this like best plates award. Um, did an interview with them that's up on our YouTube channel. That's pretty cool. So if, you, if you're interested in like the, how did that business start? Uh, I mean, I think I talked to him for like two hours and it was like in 2020 when everything was fresh in my brain. Yeah. Uh, so up. we'll make a note and we'll maybe link that. You said it's on YouTube. Yeah. I'll find it, put in the show notes. Yeah. We can yeah we'll put that. in the show great. notes. So I guess what is one of the challenges that people may not think about or maybe even know about trying to be made in the USA. Yeah. So I, I mean, a lot of it's just labor costs. I think one of the things that people don't realize is how many stages there are to build a product. So a lot of people will email us and they'll say, uh, I got to pull out my Wisconsin accent. Um, 
Yep, yep. Uh, but they, they'll call and they'll say, hey, I'm from Appleton. Can I just pick up at Wapaka? Wapaka is like 40 minutes from my house. I can't do that. Let's turn it into New York. But anyway, um, and I'm like, no, you can't pick up at Wapaka. They're like, you don't understand. I know exactly where Wapaka is. I'm like, the plates aren't at Wapaka. The plates are casted at Wapaka. And then they have to go into a semi-truck and they have to drive an hour south to Slinger where they get unloaded. And then they sit there and then they get machined and they leave there and they go to Racine and they have to get, you know, e-coded and they get loaded back on another truck. Another human being has to get in that thing, right? And drive it to a warehouse. Well, which warehouse are they going to? Um, you know, then I have to have boxes. The boxes can't just be like, oh, this box looks like it'll fit. Like you're literally shipping like torpedoes. So like, it has to be like packaged well, fit perfectly. And so I think a lot of people like want made in USA or think it's important or they say, oh yeah, well, you know, no sweatshops kind of deal, mm-hmm. but there's just a lot more stages where, um, you know, imported stuff. I've quoted imported stuff just out of curiosity, but it's, I mean, it's like pennies on the dollar to, to import. Um, really? I think it's just, yeah. And I, I'm not a economist, uh, but I mean, I think it's, I think people just think that or forget that there's a lot of jobs that get you to that finished product, right? Like this spin drift, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, there's the aluminum, there's the, the design. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that goes into boom, this final product that you're using. No, that, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think in theory, people are like, yeah, I want to, I want to support America and buy from America. But what you're saying is like all these different processes cost money. To, right. to, to ship from the one place to the other place to get it decoded. And did you run into any difficulties like figuring out the process of how you even like make plates? Yeah. You know, it's funny. So having, we just launched our bumper plates and when we launched our cast iron plates, I mean, it was problem after problem. We didn't account for this. We made the tooling wrong. We had to make a revision. We boxed it like morons and paid double in shipping costs. And we didn't even have good shipping costs at the time. You know, whatever, whatever. Someone's asked me the other day, so well, how's the launch of the bumpers got? I was like, Great. And like, well, like like what what issues have you run into? I'm like, none. I'm like, wait, what? I was like, Yeah, I've been thinking about the same thing. I guess, you know, three, four years of experience and now it's like, oh, you know, the infrastructure's there. Um, I mean, yeah, there's just a lot of there's a lot of things you learn along the way. Um, but it's you know, shipping is huge, packaging's huge. Um, you know, those are things I think we messed up in the early days. I'll put it to you this way. Any package over 50 pounds gets a, a surcharge rather large from any carrier. Mm. And when I first started shipping, I thought like less packages is cheaper. So I would take a 45 pound plate in a box and another 45 pound plate in a box. And then I'd use one of those poly strap machines and we'd strap it together. Well, every time there's a strap on a cardboard box, that's another surcharge because it can't go onto certain pulleys and systems. Oh, by the way, you didn't just hit the 50 pound surcharge. You also hit the 75 pound surcharge. And so here I am, we've like Goodness. pre-launched all these plates, right? Pre-sold them and we ship them out. And you know, it says, cause like when you buy your shipping label, it's not accounting for the surcharge. It's not telling you about a home delivery surcharge. So you're buying, I'm like, boom, this is great. And then you get the first invoice. You're like, I know nothing about anything. Uh, <laughs> right? Like this is amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, mistakes and stuff we've run into. But now, like, for instance, when we're going into bumpers, it's okay. Hey, I, I actually can kind of design this thing to say, if I keep it under this many cubic inches, I can ship it cheaper. I know if I can ship it cheaper than, you know, more people like I have data to go from, and I already have an infrastructure, mm. I already have shipping rates. Um, but yeah, so it's launching new products is, um, it's fun and rewarding, but it's, it's definitely, there's always things you haven't thought of. What are your, you guys got the merch too. Got that merch, got that USA yeah. swag. <laughs> Let's go. Right. <laughs> um, what, what are the weights on your bumpers? Like 45s, obviously what others do you have? Yes. So we did 45s, 25s and 10s on the bumpers. And, uh, the reason being, okay. When I launched my plates, I did four, the iron ones. I did 45s, 25s, 10s, 5s, 2 and I now have 35s and 100s and 1.25s. Um, you know, I even made a video making fun of 35s. I even made a video, I wouldn't say making fun of bumper plates, but talking about why most people think they need them when they don't. Uh, but the line that we launched, I kind of aligned with 
I think is in view with like my beliefs of bumpers. You should buy cast iron plates for your gym. If you don't want to buy flooring or something, bumpers are useful. If you're running a program like starting strength, you might need tens and 25s when you're first getting started because you're not strong enough to deadlift 135. So that could be useful for you. And if you end up power cleaning a pair of 45s, is nice. So if you get a guy and he has a cast iron set and I say, Hey, if you had 45s, 25s and tens, you can now power clean 205 with all bumpers. And then you can mm -hmm. use your cast iron plates to kind of fill it in. Um, so we may, you know, if it goes well, people uh, end up liking them. I could see us adding 15s and 35s, um, but that's, that's what we launched with. Nice. Have you uh, thought, I know, I guess CrossFit might be with Rogue maybe more, but maybe even some like local gyms, you could advertise your new bumpers to them and everything. Oh yeah. If anyone's listening, they're opening a gym, please, uh, please call us. We love putting stuff in gyms and, um, yeah, we've, we've already been definitely getting more into that market. Um, the cast iron, we have, we outfit a lot of gyms, um, with cast iron. We just did CT Fletcher's gym. We're getting ready to do Larry Wheels's gym. Oh, uh, yeah. so we definitely, yeah, we definitely have some plates in some cool spots. Um, but yeah, we're trying now to, say, Hey, not just the garage guy or for the garage guy, you know, a lot of people are just adverse to cast iron. Cause they just think like, I don't know, their garage is going to implode if they deadlift with cast <laughs> iron. So I think we'll pick up a lot there and then exactly right. You know, CrossFit community, um, definitely want to get in there. How'd you get hooked up with CT Fletcher? How did I get hooked up with CT Fletcher? Uh, Oh, a guy named Thomas Davis. So Thomas Davis is a power lifter. He's the all time bench press record holder for raw. I'm like 95% sure that's right. Powerlifting guy. Nice. Um, yeah. And he, I'd seen him do something with them and I just, um, I said, Hey, can, uh, or he said, he maybe told me CT loves your plates or something like that. I said, well, put me in touch. And, uh, <laughs> well, two months later I was in his backyard and he was telling me about pig iron and how, you know, wants to make a whole new, plate line of one inch stuff, which, uh, which we're looking into. So if you're interested in uh pig iron on the website, there's a pig iron newsletter sign up. I'll just check that out. Um, yeah. are you, are you working on, uh, anything else that you'd uh, want to share with the listeners or anything like that? Or are the bumpers, the biggest and newest thing? Yeah. Bumpers are definitely the, the, the newest thing. Um, we are looking into some one inch weights. So in all seriousness, if, if you're interested in that, please, you know, sign up. We're getting people to sign up already. Uh, it's a good way to gauge interest. Uh, and we're hoping that if we can make that work, we could also make a, a pro style dumbbell line. So if you've ever seen the dumbbells rather than like the hex with the rubber coating, but it's actually like plates fastened on fixed dumbbells. Mm. Um, so I, again, we're kind of like in the idea design phase. Um, but we're looking at that. And then, uh, I'd still like to get uh, kilogram plates, USA kilogram plates in the market. No one's done it. Um, so I think that'd be cool. So I'll be in Wisconsin next week, talking to a few companies that might be able to, um, to help us there. But uh, besides that um, cast iron and the bumpers, I mean, it's, it's the, the best stuff for home gyms. People love the bars too. Um, basement Brandon. I mean, he's reviewed our bars against everyone else's and it's like, this is just as good. It's my daily driver. So, um, yeah, we've gotten some, some high praise for those as well. Well, I've already, uh, before you launched your, uh, your line, I had already bought a lot of my home gym stuff. But whenever Same, I read, man, whenever I read, <laughs> yeah. right, right before you launched grant, I swear I was going to buy your stuff. It was like the day before. No, it's fine. No, but, uh, I've, I've seen all like good reviews on your stuff and we'll definitely link, um, that to in the show notes so that way our viewers can kind of take a look and, and and see what you have to offer and everything yeah that'd be great yeah and it's um again put my coaching back hat on it as much as i'd love to sell you more plates people will often say that you know i have these plates i can't buy and i'm like hey i don't care i want you to lift three days a week i want you to lift three days a week and get strong so that you need more plates then call me and you know <laughs> you can buy some more but like just be consistent with what you have yeah. The, equ the equipment is definitely not what's holding you back. Yeah. <laughs> Some you, people might think though. That's right. I just had that rogue barbell. I'd be squatting way more. That's right. Um, so we got some fun rapid fire questions for you and then, uh, we'll just finish up. All right. Sounds good. All right. So most of these are just, uh, you just pick one and there's a few like yay or nay, like yes or no. Okay. 
Okay. All right, we got upper body or lower body? Lower body. 35 pound plates, yay or nay? Yay, buy them all. <laughs> but I, but, but, but for, for a, I know it's a yay or nay, but if I'm honest with that, when people ask what I actually think about 35s, I say, I didn't want to miss out on the whole line because I didn't have one offering. But if you yeah. walk into my gym in South Carolina or Costa Mesa, you'll notice a plate variant that's not there and that tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. Yeah. Push, push-ups or pull-ups? Pull-ups. CrossFit, yay or nay? Yay. Long runs or sprints? Sprints. New York or Chicago-style pizza? Oof, New York all the way. It's not even in the same category. <laughs> Give us a little one bite. Everybody knows the rule. Oh, that's right. Um, that's a pizza review time. Let's see. Where are we? We're at the corner of uh, Frankie. Is it Maine? And uh, yeah, no, it's, I enjoy those. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So where can people find you, Grant? Uh, www.thestrength.co uh, is going to be your hub for kind of everything. Um, you can see all the products on the far right side. There's a media page, a media page. We do two to three YouTube videos a week. The goal of the YouTube channel is to take everything I've learned from coaching for over a decade, every excuse I've heard, every problem that's been thrown and answer it. So the idea is, hey, if I was lifting on my own, this is a problem I'd run into. I type that into YouTube and, you know, hopefully we pop up with a, with a solution there. Um, so if you want free content, you don't want to buy anything, go there and do it. Um, if you want a form check, I always tell people I'm, I'm free on X. You just have to post it publicly. If you, if you post your squat, your deadlift, your bench press, and you want me to critique it and you post it publicly and tag me at grant SSC, I'll break it down. If you DM it to me, if you pull my number off the website, if you send it to me in a Instagram message, I will not do it. But if you do it publicly, I'll answer it. We're on all the medias. Uh, even we're even talking. Uh, TikTok, and so um, oh, yeah. you can find us, find us in all, all sorts of places. Well, Grant, thank you so much for being on. We definitely really appreciate it. And if you are ever in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, we'd love. Oh, to, you're not uh, that far. Yeah. Well, I thought you were in Col- uh, California at first, but now I was like, oh, yeah, man, you're in South Carolina. Yeah, okay. We'd love yeah. to get a lift in with you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Heck yeah. Only, only if we update the plates first. That's right. All right, well, give us some time. (laughs) Yeah, that's all right. All right, well, thank you, Grant. And everyone, remember you're human. We should not seek perfection, but daily improvement. See you guys. guys.